turn this up. Welcome to the Practice in Motion podcast, where we talk sports, culture, food, oh, and the law. The Practice in Motion podcast is about bringing engaging conversations sprinkled with nuggets and insights about the legal aspects of everyday life. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Hey, y'all. What's up? We are back. It's Asia. It's Steve. And this is Practice in Motion. Steve, what's been going on? Spring has sprung. It has. We've gone through daylight savings time. That kind of mm-hmm. always messes me up. But A whole quarter of the year already. Already gone. 2021. So we're in the thick of it. So, And it seems like hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic, with the next wave of people getting the shot and having access to the shot or vaccine, rather. I know you've had a little experience with that. Asia Days. Asia Days. Asia Days. I put that on everything. This is crazy. Speaking of, yes, I recently got my first dose of the Moderna vaccination for COVID. So it's pretty exciting. Some people, I think, are still on the fence about the whole vaccination in general, which is completely understandable. But... I was presented with an opportunity to get it, so I jumped on it. I have family members who already have it, both doses and friends as well, so no issues. I got it about a week ago, so I'm feeling good. Oh, that's good. I know some (laughs) doctors, for people who've had COVID, they have been telling them to wait a little bit because some people are having adverse reactions to it. They get really sick for a week or two. And so I know my mom got it and she was under the weather for a while. And then she got the vaccination. She got the vaccination. So she, and she was, had already had COVID. I don't think she had it. She might have had it and didn't know she had it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she had a really bad reaction to it. And yeah. then um, another one of my friends, she had COVID. And then she got the shot and she was just out of it. Oh, wow. Do you know if it was from the first dose or just the second dose? Well, both dose? of them, it was the first dose. The first dose. But so, then I've heard people getting sick on the second dose, too. Right. Did they go through with the second dose? I, mean, I think they still went through with it because you're halfway there now. Might as well finish it out. And my mom was still saying, she was like, you need to go get the shot. I'm like, mom, you sound terrible. Right. Like, I had COVID. They told me to wait because I had such strong antibodies mm-hmm. or whatever strain I got. And so... Just chilling in. I'm glad everybody has protected themselves. <laughs> yeah, and o- no. Outside will be open to back up. Yeah, no, it's a good feeling. They had you wait 15 minutes after. So people are monitoring you. So it was a smooth process. I know my mom recently got it and she's in Texas and hers was completely drive through. Like mm. she didn't have to get out her car. So it seems like it's becoming very accessible all over. I believe like 46 states in D.C. are now trying to go with that May 1st deadline Mm. of getting the vaccines out there. So we'll see. I knew the weirdest thing happened because I went to the Up Down. You ever been to Up Down in Milwaukee? Yes, Arcade. Yeah, the Arcade. So I went to the Up Down over the weekend and they were doing the vaccine. Oh my God. Super random to me. So were you trying to go to the Arcade? I was just trying to go play Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Oh wow. So was, was it closed? Yeah, so it was clay, but they had the signs up like, oh, you can get the vaccine here. And then at some barbershops, they're doing it too. This is Steve's unpopular opinion. Why? Because I'm too honest, and that's my character flaw. You, you, you said it, not me. Hey, so my unpopular opinion is that 
let me preface this before I go into it. <laughs> okay. So recently in the news, there was this guy, this YouTuber named Derek Jackson, right? And he okay. got caught out there cheating on his wife. And then he made this video that went viral with his wife, kind of explaining his situation. And then he doubled down and made another a reaction video to his own video where he was talking <laughs> in the third person about what was being said and what was going on. And so it got memed a lot. It caused a lot of a stir over the past week, what she should do, what he should do, and blah, blah, blah. And so it caused me to think, can marriage from a legal standpoint be reworked, right? I know we'll probably get into this later, but there's been a lot of people breaking up and making up. Mm-hmm. Like J-Lo and A-Rod was supposed to break off their engagement and right. people thought they was broken up. Are they together? Are they supposed to be back together? Who knows? (laughs) Then it's Kim and Kanye. That's a whole nother. We haven't got to the mess that would be Kim and Kanye. But it made me think, I was watching a video by the great, too short, Todd Shaw. And he was saying (laughs) in an interview that he would fix marriage because the problem with marriage is that it's too long. And so he was saying, if he had it his way, he would say it so you could re-up at five years and then... After you get to 10 years, you would be stuck in it, but you can like walk away with your stuff, everything be cool, either at the five-year mark or the 10-year mark. So you have to make, you have to get married, mm-hmm. you have to make it five years. Right. And if you say, you know what, I don't marry you no more, then you just divide your property according to how to get divided, and it's a non-event. So it's not like a divorce? Nope. It's just an expiration of a contract. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So what's your unpopular opinion? (laughs) My unpopular opinion is like marriage is too long. And I think that it sets people up for, I think that it should be more involved, right? Mm. So like you think about it, right? We're lawyers. And the longest contract I know of is a mortgage, which is 30 years. Mm -hmm. Think about what you have to do to get a mortgage. You have to show proof of income. You have to be at your job for so long. You have to give a credit report, a personal financial statement, all that just to get a mortgage, right? Right. You know, a 30-year mortgage. But to enter into a contract like marriage that's going to last the rest of your life, you pay $100 <laughs> with no exactly. blood test or nothing, and you just show up to the courthouse, and you don't even got to have a priest or a preacher. No, you, you the just judge walk in there it. same day. Same day, you in and out. And the ramifications wow. are so much greater, right? Because yeah. what if you have children? You merge two families. You got It's all much moving parts, but try to get a divorce. That $100 you wish you would have spent, it costs one. The price to get a divorce is double, at mm-hmm. least in Milwaukee County it is. It takes 120 days from the time you file divorce to the time that you can even get into court. And they right. probably won't even get in at that time because the family courts are always jammed up. Yes, and the paperwork are. to get divorced is massive compared to what you fill out to get a marriage license. And so to me, that seems like asymmetry, right? Like mm-hmm. there should be more preparation on the front end. Because they make you go through hell to get divorced on the back end. They do, yes. So yeah. my unpopular opinion is marriage is too long in that, but it should be fixed. Yeah. And I think my unpopular opinion of how to fix it, one set a term. Like when people <laughs> know that it ain't forever, they can navigate it better, right? How do you know it's not forever when you're getting married? Because you're going to die. <laughs> you just don't know when you're going to die. So then you can just think in your head, I'll probably be over you in like five years. Yeah, so I can say like in I five think years. We'll have we get, a good five year run. Yeah. And so you say, look to yourself, like most people, if you know when something is going to end, then you act differently. You know what I mean? Like if you say, like, for instance, we in law school, we know it's only going to last three years. So on the worst days, we know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's only three years, man. I can get through it. Right. As opposed to forever. You don't know when forever is going to come. 
It's hard for humans that to is conceptualize interesting. that. So that's my number one thing. One, put a term limit on your marriage. And if you want to stay married, then you just re-up. Two, I would make way more paperwork. The barrier to intermarriage would be way higher. It would be like a mortgage. Like, you have to go through so much counseling. Because mm-hmm. on the back end, when you get a divorce or you have a child, you have to go through counseling. Right. You have to go through parenting counseling. I'm like, where was this when I was getting married? <laughs> <laughs> married. Right. Where was the help at first? Where was the help at first? So I would have yeah. make you go through counseling, all this, show your financial statements, Get a blood test, do all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and agree on a post-nuptial, prenuptial agreement as to how the assets will be divided. So then you just show up and you just enforce the document. And you got to give notice within 180 days of your five-year anniversary <laughs> if you're going to re-up or not. You know what? I'm not saying I totally agree, but it's a thought for sure. It's workable. Yeah, no. And I can't wait to meet your future wife to see what you guys come up with. Man, you know what? Yeah, I just hope, who knows? If she's going to be with me, she might even want to get married. We have a commitment ceremony. I don't even want to jinx it. Oh like, Because marriage has such a weighted connotation. It's a right. whole lot. Right, we talked about that. Yeah, so, it is a lot. I'm just rational, man. Hopefully she's pragmatic like myself. And this it can still be romance, but it means something if you choose to be there as opposed to you having to be there. Yeah. So, like, Definitely. the fact that you wake up in the morning and be like, I want to be with you, that means a whole lot more to me. Like, eh, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and that's my unpopular opinion. Right. We in it for the long yeah, And I'm probably pretty sure I'll probably expound on it as I work it out in my head, the model. <laughs> but this is the opening salvo to how to fix marriage from a legal standpoint. Four stories from the practice. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Hey, on this edition of Storytime with Steve, a.k.a. War Stories, we are going to talk about all kind of human foibles. Lately, I try to think about when I do these things, the things I get asked or the situations I find myself in or things I get asked for advice for. So lately, these things come in bunches. So recently, I've had a lot of people ask me about child support. And normally what happens is people use child support as a retaliatory measure against a parent that they're (laughs) having a dispute with. Normally, as hard as it is, and as Asia can attest, when you are no longer, a relationship ends and you're trying to Mm co-parent. The hardest thing to split is a child. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't think it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) I should say splitting the child, like... But that's how people treat it, Mm -hmm. in my estimation. So a lot of times I'll get phone calls where they don't have nothing in writing, which is mistake number one, red flag number one. That never goes well because people's memories get real foggy or they get in their feelings or you get a new relationship and and the other person ain't ready to move on. Mm -hmm. And now they want to use the kid to dig into you. So they don't be having nothing in writing. Or so now the STEMI is hitting everybody. And the tax money is hitting everybody. And some people's getting more money than others. Feeling rich. And they feeling rich <laughs> and they don't want to share yeah. <laughs> what they used to share. Right. And so the other parent is like, if you don't share the tax money with me, I'm going to put you on child support. Take you to court. I'm going to take you to court. Mm-hmm. Again, you should have had it in writing. <laughs> That's something that the court can handle. Right. So I've dealt with a number of those situations now where the parents are at odds because of the STEMI money and the tax money and various other reasons. Mm-hmm. And what I try to tell them is that you don't want money to ever ruin a relationship. One, put your understanding in writing once you cool, get your cooler heads prevail, you know, y'all not in y'all feelings in your body and say, look, this is what I propose. So we don't have to go to court over this because the court doesn't like dealing with those kind of disputes. They will, but they don't like it. <laughs> and then just All try right. to be civil because you guys are going to have to deal with each other a long, long time. Like, 
weddings, graduations, all it, to the day you die. When you have a child with someone, you are always going to be connected, regardless of what happens with the two of you. And that's the most permanent thing you can do. The most permanent things you can do in modern society to me is have a child with somebody and buy a house with somebody. Those are the two most permanent things you can do. Marriage ain't even as permanent as mortgage mm-hmm. and a child. So that's my war story. What do you think? <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> no, it's true. We both deal with a lot of different clients and people and different type of issues. But I think one thing you said, yeah, the courts will get involved, especially with those like custody and child support issues, but they don't really want to. You know, nobody knows your family and loves your family more than the client. A judge won't know the children as much as the parents will. They won't know what is truly, truly best because she's not living the life. So recently, some clients of mine, well, one client of mine, before I was hired as counsel, the court asked her and dad to try some new things out in regards to their children. And they both said they would, but in five months, nothing had happened. And Either they were just relying on the courts to make some rulings or they were scared or one parent didn't want to budge on certain things, but nothing happened and just waste time. The judge was not happy about that at all. So, and now she's like, if you guys don't come up with something very soon, I am going to have to make some decisions. And like she said, I don't want to have to make those decisions because it's your life. So yeah, those custody disputes are sometimes crazy, but you have to try things out and that's where the attorneys can help. So we're going to sit down with both of them both mom and dad, and try to figure things out because I don't want the court to try to figure out what's best. It's mom and dad is living the life, so we'll see. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> hardest part about being a lawyer. A lot of times you think you just can go and handle the case, but most of the time you're managing your client yeah. and their expectations and their behavior. So when the client is getting out of line, the court is looking at you to get control of them. Mm-hmm. And I almost find myself as being in a parenting role with my clients. Because I have to tell them what's going to happen. And I'm going to have to be like, look, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. You need to do this. Yeah, and it's like her prior attorney, I'm not sure why things weren't kind of, I guess, assisted on Mm -hmm. to make things happen to see if the parties were abiding by what the court asked them to do. But it seems like it just kind of fell through the cracks and it was like no movement. But we are back on the right track. So I'll have to keep you posted. Well, that's good. Well, (laughs) hopefully you can get them to do the right thing and, and make some adult decisions. Exactly. All right, so this has been my favorite season. I don't know, maybe probably your favorite season, March Madness. Yes, we're both March babies. March March babies, so it's the best time of year. So I've been enjoying myself. I go so far as I try not to work on the first two days of the games (laughs) (laughs) so I could just be on overload, and I just want to be alone and with my brackets and cry in silence when it goes bad and rejoice when it goes good. So. With the brackets, there's been a lot of upsets, a lot of Cinderella's, which you like to see, but it's murder on everybody's Did you brackets. fill out a lot of brackets? I held it back to two. Normally, I do like five. See, normally I do around like five or six also, but I didn't do any. And I was leaving for a trip, so I just didn't really have time to do it. But I just, for this year and COVID and everything, I feel like it's really hard to kind of predict because I think... So far, maybe one team has had to completely just, what they call it, no contest because Mm -hmm. one of the teams, I guess, contracted COVID in some way. So I feel like that was too hard to predict. I'm happy it hasn't occurred at all, really. Just, I think, one team. But I just thought it would be too hard with the brackets. How's your brackets, though, so far? That is non-existent. (laughs) They were smoked on the first day because Oral Roberts and Ohio State and 
everybody else just laid an egg on me. So yeah, it was a ton of upsets, which I like. I like an underdog, but at the same time, whew, it's hard. For sure. And I think your team's still in it right now, right? Yeah, Michigan is still dancing. The only team from the Big Ten left, so go blue. Shout out to Coach Juwan Howard and the rest of the team. So <laughs> hopefully they cutting down the nets. Okay, okay. <laughs> you just gotta keep it going. You know that's supposed to be a short little hey, shout yeah, out. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. Oh, wow. So what about the NBA? Because playoffs are about to start up and teams are coming into full form, as they like to say. Mm-hmm. So, like, big trades have kind of happened. What trades stood out to you? You know what? The Andre Drummond trade stood out to me going to L.A. Okay. What team was he on? And he was out of Detroit. So he got shifted around a little bit, but he had left Detroit, mm-hmm. and then he ended up signing with L.A. So okay. that was a good pickup because, as you know, L.A., LeBron is injured. AD is injured. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's acting like it's going to be all fine. Once they come back, they'll just jump right back to it, which I'm sure is probably true. But people or the, I guess, analysts make it seem like it's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which when teams are really good, you know, and they just keep on falling and falling. I think it's the seven through ten seeds have to, like, play into the playoffs mm-hmm. or something like that. So hopefully they don't fall too far. Right. Which, that's going to be an interesting format for the NBA as well. Yeah, yeah, which I actually almost like because sometimes at the, like, in older seasons, that, like, 8, 9, 10, they were, like, all, like, one or two games right. within making the playoffs. So I think another trade is, that stood out to me, Rajon Rondo. Oh, yeah. He's going to the Clippers, back to L.A. I know he hopped to Atlanta for this season mm-hmm. after leaving the Lakers. But now he's back to L.A. with the Clippers, which I think will help them. I'm not even sure really who's their point guard. So <laughs> <laughs> clearly they may need a little point guard help. Oh, sad because there's been a, as many trades, there's been a lot of injuries too. So like we spoke about AD, we spoke about LeBron. Steph Curry is injured. He was having a baller season. Yeah, and then he broke his butt. He broke his <laughs> butt. <laughs> like, it wasn't a tailbone issue. Right, yeah, he lost his tail. Yeah. He was blacking out. He was coming off of winning the three-point contest. Right, no, going so crazy. That, they broke my heart. And then LaMelo, he's injured. And yeah. he was the favorite for Rookie of the Year. Same thing happened to Zion Williamson. When he was on his Rookie of the Year run, he got injured and had to sit out. So this just injured him. You know who really won? Brooklyn. Man. Their starting five is like all all-stars. Right, all all-stars. I wonder if they will start all of them, you think? Who knows? I don't know. They're breathing new life into them because everybody thought that uh, they was treating uh, Blake Griffin like he was the last cigarette butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had one puff of smoke left. So, look, LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be solid. And really, you just need people to anchor you. And then yeah. when KD comes back, He's talking about Harden is having MVP year. Mm-hmm. He's got his thing together. He's back in shape. So, man, Brooklyn is a problem. Yeah, no, we'll have to come back and talk about MVPs, too, once it gets closer to that announcement, because it's going to be close. You know, Giannis still in there. But he got injured, too. Right, exactly, exactly. So it's going to be a crazy end to both college and NBA basketball. You just can't predict it, but this is what you like. Uncertainty is the spice of life, as we've learned. So with that, I think we'll wrap it up and... Yes, we will see you guys next time. If you do want to talk about anything or want us to talk about anything, please go and comment on the podcast and share it as well on all social media platforms. See you guys later. Till next time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review in your favorite podcast app. 
We would love to hear from you. If you have questions or just want to say hi, you can reach out on our website listed in the show notes. Till next time, practice in motion.